Welcome back. It's been like forever, but we're here just like the Rassian Illis. It is us, the tight beam. It is May now and things are still crazy, but we're still kicking. And not only are we still kicking, but we have a guest today. Ladies and gentlemen with Hello. us today is the Moldy Filters, a.k.a. Chris. Hey, everybody. He's here. I'm welcome so to the show. This is Ooh, uh, this is my first podcast appearance, so I'm very excited. I'm a podcast addict. I am surprised uh, subscribed to like 70, 80 podcasts. I think. Oh man, so, probably too much. Probably, one of them that's the down. Network? I, <laughs> oh. There's multiple from Ren. <laughs> there's probably about uh, nine say. expands podcasts alone. <laughs> we oh, we wow. need the receipts. Um, if you do not show proof, this episode will not be aired. Oh, wow. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Ooh. She Fired bringing the guns. <laughs> she bringing them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, joining us as always are Andrea and Fred. Uh, we're going to do our quick, our usual quarantine catch up. So uh, why don't you guys uh, tell me how you're doing? We'll start with Chris because he's our guest. Doing good. Uh, <laughs> quarantine is uh, everybody's getting a little bit crazy, right? Like everybody's <laughs> trying I mean, to Andrew figure out: Am I losing it? Is it just so... me, or is it everybody? <laughs> Andrew threatened you, so I think it's everybody. <laughs> I, I, I gotta say though, I'm uh, I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate. I have a, a six month old, uh, right, and. Uh, this is this is almost like extended paternity leave uh, mm. to have the ability to work from home and spend extra time uh, with my son. It's it's uh, I, I feel really bad for all the people who are struggling right now. And it's 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 a tough time for for a lot of people. Uh, I'm 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 happy that. I'm doing all right, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could, yeah, could, could be much worse. Exactly. It's a good time. It's a good time to be feeling grateful, which is why I'm so grateful for my uh, friend, Andrea. Andrea, how are you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Um, <laughs> teaching online has been a wild experience, mm. uh, but I feel like, interestingly enough, I've been able to connect with my students a lot more because of how sympathetic I am to the situation. Mm. Um, it's been really nice being able to work and from home and watch MJ grow our puppy. <laughs> um, it, it's been a lot of fun. And we started doing some quarantine workouts. So today we did, what is it called? Kempo. So we were like <laughs> punching Karate. stuff and kicking Karate. Stuff and it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, so overall, things have been okay, pretty busy with the online stuff it's it's a new at like adaptation to deal with but mm. healthy good surviving yeah how about you fred i'm doing really well um let's see over the last couple of weeks been doing a lot of work which has kind of been slowing down now that everyone's getting into the groove of working from home and that's kind of working its way through um, personally, we've been working on a project in the backyard. We um, had a deck built, plus we had a drainage issue. So we dug some trenches and we threw some sand down and ripping out trees and moving stuff around, 
um, pressure washing. And then on the weekend, it was really nice. We did our first hike of the year, so that was great. Um, so we're just trying to stay active and trying everything we can not to be stir crazy. Mm. That sounds fun. I've been uh, working through all of this and not from home. So, yeah. Yeah. It's been are, an are you one of the essential workers they talk about? <laughs> she I'm is probably, so essential. I'm so essential. She, it's not even funny. She fuels our essential workers. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she does. yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for the first few weeks, it was really hard. It's gotten a lot easier um, because a, a few other stores have started to open up for curbside pickup. But uh, the first couple months were really hard, like from beginning to end, you were going and going and going. So I was coming home and just kind of zombieing about because um, I don't have the energy to do anything else because like I spent all day like serving people and running around. And it's like I don't want to do anything except play Animal Crossing. Um, <laughs> and even that felt like a chore because I had to go do all of my <laughs> you have to. So you have to play it every day and shape, every huh? day. <laughs> Every well, every day you have stuff you have to do because like you get bonuses for doing it every day. And also like everything is different every day. And so I had to go shake all my trees to get all my monies and my my furniture. And I had to dig up all my fossils and I had to get my nook miles. So like I would basically just like stare at it. No emotion running around playing Animal Crossing, paying off my home loans on Animal Crossing. Um, I, I'm one... a recovering casual mobile gaming addict. Yeah. Uh, I definitely <laughs> used to fall in like hard. Like I, I was obsessed with the Westworld video game. I was obsessed mm. with that uh, Star Trek uh, turn-based thing. Uh, I've, I've definitely fallen deep down the rabbit hole and I, I'm not, I'm not trying animal crossing. Cause I don't like, I don't want to, uh, I just don't want to get hooked. <laughs> it's, it's a lot, but I will say one good thing that happened is I paid off my student loans. So Congratulations. I, thank you. I'm free. And an now feeling. Betsy DeVos do it for everybody. Um, <laughs> I, I really think, especially right now, because so many people are hurting, I really think we should just forgive student debt. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's all and I have to say on that. pay essential workers a livable and wage. Pay, give mm, them some, you know, sick leave. I have been getting some. a bonus. So there is that. Um, and people have been tipping. Also, yeah, tip your delivery drivers, please. For the mm -hmm. love of God, tip your takeout places and your delivery drivers. Um yeah, that's my soapbox. So I'm going to hop <laughs> off it and hop onto my typing box because we got, we got, first of all, before we move on from the quarantine catch up, because this is technically related to the quarantine, but finally, two months later, The Expanse has released Zoom backgrounds, like official ones. Yay! And a bunch of us are using them. Andrew is not, and I respect that. Um, Chris has a different one, but he still has one. I just, I just Google the expanse and grab yeah. something quick. So, so I didn't know there was official ones. Yours looks amazing. Well, they just came out today though. So technically that's not your fault. That's the expanse's fault. The, um, so basically hey, the expanse hey, hey, release. Let's not blame the expanse for anything. They're watching. <laughs> oh God. Oh They're God. always watching. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. So I'm coming to We're you live. Leaving. <laughs> from Illis, 
Uh, I'm coming to you live from the tunnels underneath Illis. Thankfully, slug-free. Um, we eradicated the slugs. It's quite a lovely place, very atmospheric. Uh, Fred keeps changing his, so every time I get ready to tell you where he is, he's somewhere else. Um, I don't know where you are right now. Um, I'm pretty sure it? this is on the Rosie, isn't it? I don't think so. What is Star it? Star Trek Discovery? It, Isn't it that looks... the kitchen table? <laughs> no. Discovery. That's, that's definitely here. not the Get game, but I don't know what it is. I'm somewhere. on Earth. Okay. Yes, so. Andrea is in front of the lovely bookshelf in the office. I'm with my homegirl, Vassarella, you know. I've, um, okay, Fred's now in space. Oh, wow. Have fun staying alive. This is compelling radio right now. <laughs> And, and <laughs> if you're listening in, in your car right now, I promise you, we look way cooler than we sound. We're having a lot of fun. We might tweet a clip of we this so you guys so can fun. see us. Um, my favorite is so Chris has one of the he has a screen grab from the opening titles of the Expanse, but his pop filter is like half in it, half not. So every time he leans a certain way, he kind of like disappears into Earth. Um, it's into it's Earth. really funny. Yeah, he clips into As Earth. He He's like a bad Bethesda game. And for those that Blinking are listening, in and out of existence like Miller. <laughs> for yeah. those that are listening and you are on our discord server head over to the expanse um, show channel and you can see the link that shannon has put there and uh, i put it in the type beam uh, channel but i'll put it there too I mean, i'll be right back i'll be right back uh, <laughs> uh, don't look at the man behind the curtain pay no mind to the man behind the curtain <laughs> it's in the expanse show channel look at that Actually, look before, at that before we um Get out of quarantine talk. Mm. Doesn't it feel like right now we are in quarantine away from the slugs and like we can't go anywhere because the slugs are going to get us. Oh, my God. It's the slugs. The, the slugs planned this. Yep. <laughs> it was the slugs. At least we're we not quarantined with the slugs. At least we're not blind. It, it could be worse. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're not blind. Yeah, we're not um, we're not green eyed and blind. Um, another fun thing. So um, I realized like a week and a half ago that we missed our own birthday. So happy second birthday, the Type Beam. Uh, we started recording episodes of the Type Beam in uh, March 2018. So our our little baby's a toddler now. I know. The terrible two is coming up. Look out. Oh, no, don't say that, because now all our episodes have to be bad. <laughs> no, they're going to be so awesome, you can't even handle it. And people That's are going to be like, true. whoa, whoa, calm down. Calm down, type beam. going to be like, listen, you got to get on our level. Tom, calm down, type beam. You need some chill. That's how we're doing right now. Um, so, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening to us for the last two years. Um, we've had a really great time. We have no idea what we're doing next because everything is so uncertain. And also, it's really hard to do a very specific show for a show when there's long hiatuses like The Expanse has. But we'll figure something out. We're smart, I think. Out. Nobody agreed or disagreed, so that was just gonna go. That was just gonna go. It was just gonna be like, all right, I guess we're stupid. Fine. Um, and then last, I've, I've always oh, enjoyed listening to this program. 
Well, thank you. We try to put out a good show. We're a little bit of a mess sometimes, but we do our best. Yes. Yeah, we try. Uh, We're we're like the Rossi. It's a hot mess, but it just kind of works eventually. Eventually, we get where we're supposed to be, even if we didn't know that's where we were supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah. Good belters. Let's dive in. Oh, wait, no. One more thing. One more more thing? thing. One more thing. Last thing. So I'm sure you're wondering, if you don't go on Twitter a lot, what the heck's up with season five? Is season five okay? Well, don't worry, guys. Season five actually wrapped up actual filming right before everything shut down. Literally Mm -hmm. um, a week or two before everything shut down. Um, It's all in post. And, you know, post is a tricky, tricky thing. It could take the normal amount of time. uh, Could take longer. People don't usually have professional rigs at their home at the ready. Um, some people do, which is, I, I love that kind of person, but you never know what someone's situation is. So who knows what's going on right now, but they're still working on season five. It's just in post. Uh, who knows when we'll get it. Things are a little crazy right now, but, um, I've seen how people are responding to other shows that are, um, quote unquote, taking too long to announce things or release things. And I just think it's really important that we be patient with the people who are putting together our content because um, they're people, too, and they are going through exactly what we're going through. So um, I know it's important to get your emotional support show or your emotional support book, whatever it is you're waiting for. But it's really important that you be patient with the creators that you love. Because this is a scary time, it's a stressful time, and some people might just need a little bit more time to get the things you love out to you. So, don't worry though; it's gonna the season five is gonna be okay. I promise. So I'll give you a little bit you. more time. Give you a little bit more time to catch up on uh, book five if you haven't read it. Hell yet. yeah! Um, have you heard about um, reshoots? So typically, when it goes to post, they will decide if reshoots are necessary. Um, then they'll do reshoots, and then they will finish post-production, and then they will release, obviously. Um, so do you know if they're going to just skip any reshoots and just work with what they have? Or are they going to maybe wait for COVID and see where that ends off if they need to do reshoots or not? So um, they've kind of hard said that it's in post. Every time somebody asks, Ty says it's in post. I think The Expanse tries its best to shoot to script because they're all there. They work on post as it goes um, because their cast lives all over the world. And sometimes it's really hard to pull somebody back for a reshoot as it is without this. Um, I don't know how else to call it this. Um, But every time somebody's asked about the show, all anyone said was it's in post uh, shooting was done. Like it's on the show is unaffected. The, the show and cast are unaffected in Toronto because they're not here and blah, blah, blah. So it doesn't sound like they're doing reshoots, but um, they might, I guess if they have to do anything, typically they do ADR after the fact. So if anything, that might take an extra bit if people can't get to studios. But um, they could do what they did knows. with Brett Johnson in the season one finale. <laughs> What's Whereas, that? Remember that it wasn't him. It was a CGI face of Brett oh, Johnson. Oh yeah, just put him in, in there. The final shots. Yeah, just just slap him in there. Stitch him in. Just throw, <laughs> just throw a fake one in there. Just you know. Um. So 
Fred, go ahead. And go try again. All right, let's dig in. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it took a second. Like, right, yeah, let's go, let's go. So, as y'all know, we have a guest. Um, so we want to before we get into like season four stuff. Obviously, you're here, so we want to talk to you about you because you're here yeah. and you're a guest. So why are you here? See, why are you uh, on this earth? Uh, how did you end up where you are exactly? Um, what decisions led you to this moment? <laughs> we don't need to go that far. What is free will? Uh, do you believe in free will or predestination? Anyway. Well, <laughs> well Shannon and I met at the Philly uh, Comic-Con with the Philly Firehawks. Hell yeah. That, that was that was when we met, and then uh, we we talked about me coming on when uh, I played the New York premiere mm-hmm. that uh, that Eero put together, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm happy to be here. It's uh, <laughs> I've been listening to you guys for a while. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan. I've listened to most Does of the episodes. Does it feel weird being oh. with us right now? <laughs> yeah, is it surreal to be here with us in this moment? It's it's just kind of surreal to even be on any kind of podcast, but especially <laughs> you know with you guys. Like <laughs> I listen awesome. to you all the time. You get to be in the <laughs> room where it happened. <laughs> Sorry, the rooms. The room uh, there. Exact. That's exactly what I was going for. July third, Disney Plus, Hamilton. Um, really. <laughs> Oh, we'll talk yeah. after. There's, I've got right. a lot to tell you. <laughs> the world has gone so fast since we locked you up in your house, Chris. Right, so, <laughs> so uh, like I said earlier, many of our listeners probably know you as the moldy filters. Of course, there's only one of you, so technically you're a moldy filter. Um, I don't know how you I, feel I, about I, that. For, for a while, I was trying to keep up the appearances online that it was an actual band and you, not just one you person. You did a great job, too, because like I, I believe it. <laughs> I just, I never say it. I just imply. I just say we, you know, I say it like the, the movie book, it sounds we. like it, it, it's a plural, but I, yeah. I stole the band name from the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, let, let me, uh, let me give you a little bit of background on, on that. So I, uh, I heard about the expanse when, um, I think episode four was being advertised. So I watched episodes one, two, and three. I was obsessed. I started reading the book immediately. I only know this because I checked my Goodreads profile, which <laughs> it's so if you're useful. a book reader and you don't use Goodreads, you got to get on that. But, but anyway, so um, I, I you know, got into to reading the book. And um, uh, when I got to the point in the book that uh, they're talking about Naomi singing karaoke at a belter bar and uh the line is yep. an angry she's singing an angry belt punk anthem by the moldy filters and i'm like that's an awesome band name and i had already <laughs> written a couple of other unrelated sci-fi songs and i was like this is this is a perfect band name so i i took it and ran with it and um when i when i wrote uh remember the canterbury and put that up um it got picked up on gizmodo um you know bunch of hits on that and um i heard that some of the crew was actually singing it on set which just absolutely blew my mind um so now i'm i'm trying to move forward on uh working on an album that was supposed to start i found a producer and then the pandemic happened so 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That tends to but, be the story of a lot of things right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it could be worse. I have to, you know, remind myself that, you know, we're, we're going a little crazy, but, you know, mm-hmm. we are incredibly fortunate to be where we are because a lot of people are hurting. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I can't wait to get working on this album. This, the, 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 the songs are a couple of years old at this point. Um, I, you know, work full time and have a, a, an infant. Uh, my wife and I had a, had a baby about six months ago, about seven months ago. And, um, you know, that takes up a lot of time. Mm. <laughs> they got nothing but time. They're easy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, Lord. The now, face that this, he made. I have a question. In terms of the album and what you're going to be recording, is it just Expanse related or other things that you've been working on? I, I or go back nothing and forth related because, to Expanse? Like, so I wrote a couple of songs about... Um, Becoming a cyborg. So, so the first sci-fi song I ever wrote was called Plugging In. Um, that one's okay. on uh, my band camp, which, check the show notes. People always say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But, but yeah, so the first song is Plugging In. Uh, it's about the pros and cons of cybernetic in, uh, enhancement. And like if, if consumers could upgrade your body the way you can upgrade your phone. Um, I was working at Verizon at the time, and uh, it's kind of the time that smartphones were just completely blowing up, going from like a business thing to something that everybody had. And there was a lot of consternation at the time about people just staring at their phones and not like socializing with other people. And right. I started thinking about how if like if I had it built into my brain, like if I had a smartphone that was built into my eye, like uh like what's his name? Ken- Kenzo? Was it Kenzo? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I would have access to all of the information in the world, but I mm-hmm. would also probably not be the best like person to hang around with because I'd be like all in my head, like right. doing, looking up things on my eyeball phone mm-hmm. terminal thing, you know? So um, that, that's the, that's the first song that, no. Okay. Yeah, Kenzo probably, Gabriel. Kenzo. I'd probably Kenzo. ask Dozer to teach me Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like The Matrix. The Matrix was incredibly formative. I, that was one of my first like sci-fi obsessions and just the idea of just uploading a skill. You know, just mm. like, right. I, know, yeah. I know how to, I don't know why the first thing my brain went to was knitting. Like kung fu. I mean, <laughs> like, like, like no, I, I'd like to learn how to cook or like build things or like use power tools or it's important like to learn be cozy, other Chris. instruments or there's so many things that I like. If I had a, a 30 hour day, just the extra things I'd learn. And, you know, it's uh, if that was available, it'd be awesome. But also, you know, we'd be all we'd be all like looking up things instead of like paying attention to the world. So that song kind of explores those implications. And it, after that, you know, just kind of went from there, started writing other sci-fi songs, wrote some, wrote a Dr. Who song, a star Wars song. Awesome. Um, and, and now I'm kind of just trying to figure out like, should I do all expanse or kind of mix in like some of this stuff? I, I can almost like retroactive, like 
like retcon the song to be like, yeah, plugging in's totally, I wrote that about Kenzo and it's not totally unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about the guy with the, uh, the data storage in his, in his, in his leg. Busy, bitsy, bitsy boxer, whatever that guy's name and first season. Oh, God. But, uh, Bit, busy yeah. Patenko. Something, something. They literally were just talking about it on Twitter, too. So I don't. I don't know. Box, I think is a is a danger doom song. Busy man. His name's Busy Man because he's busy doing crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm so tired. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's. I so I guess. Obviously, we talked about like what you got your inspiration from, but I guess what kind of like drove you towards. I guess this is kind of a two part question. So like how what is your background in music itself? And did it kind of lead you to want to write about sci fi or is that just kind of like a happy accident? I really love sci fi and would love to explore it through music. Totally happy accident. It's the kind of thing that like I. I mean, I had, I had bands and stuff, but before I had a indie rock band called Lion's Teeth that's on, uh, on Spotify. That's like a, that's a sick name, folk rock, indie rock, kind of like poppy guitar rock songs with acoustic guitar in it. Um, I, you know, I went to to school for music, even though I don't use that nowadays at all. I went to Um, school for films, so I understand completely. Yeah, 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 you get it, you get it. (laughs) So, I mean, I've been writing songs for a long time, but after a while, you can only write so many songs about, like, relationships and, like, you know, like the standard stuff that people tend to write songs about. So Mm -hmm, when I found a niche and, you know, it just leads into the stuff that I think about, um, it, it has been a nice creative uh outlet to explore different ideas that i'm into mm-hmm. so you i mean i've listened to you um to your music before obviously a couple of times um but I, I, oh my god i had a way to word it and then immediately lost it um <laughs> so you kind of you still stick to like the the kind of folksy rock style though with that like you don't you didn't technically lose that either you just kind of yeah i didn't really change my my genre i changed my like subject matter yeah your themes Mm -hmm. so i mean the 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 songs before were were still kind of catchy folk rock songs and uh (laughs) what's funny is like because i took the moldy filters band name from the book and it says angry belt punk like my, if you listen to the very first recording of remember the Canterbury, I'm trying to like be a little, you know, like to kind of give it like a, <laughs> like what is belt Gritty. punk, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was into a bunch of folk punk dudes, you know, growing up some some ghost mice and Johnny Hobo and the fright trains and, you know, some of that stuff. But, uh, so I tried to give it some of that, but that's, that's not me. So like Mars mm-hmm. will rise and the, the kind of country, um, Martian country thing is, is closer to like my, my natural style. I've been exploring some, some other things. Uh, I mean, there's, uh, Sedishang Anderson. It always takes me a second to remember because it's in Lang Belta. Sedishang <laughs> Anderson, um, <laughs> takes, takes, um, a kind of, English folk, Irish uh, sounding song and, you know, takes 
Lang Belta lyrics instead. Um, so I'm, I'm always combining different things into folk, but it, it's still folk. <laughs> I mean, but that makes sense, though, for songs about the expanse, especially because or belter stuff anyway, because the belter is such a mishmash of culture um, that it, it works. It works. Just, it just works. Different folk genres. <laughs> now, what came first? Your passion for music or your passion for science fiction? Oh, probably that's tough because I've, I've, I've always liked sci-fi, but I didn't really like get like really into sci-fi until, until later where I liked music when I was a, a child. Um, but you know, I, I liked different sci-fi things when I was a kid. Like, I mean, I, I, I was obsessed with Jurassic Park. That counts as sci-fi technically. Not even technically. That is legit sci-fi. It is sci- Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, like, what are you doing? <laughs> it doesn't happen in space. It's but, Michael you know, Crichton. It, it's, it's sci-fi. We yeah. already talked about Westworld. We know. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, def- definitely music. Definitely music. That, that, that comes okay. first. So mm-hmm. what sci-fi is your jam? Whoa, he combined um, a music track. reference with a Ooh. sci-fi. Whoa. <laughs> you, you like that little mashup? Wow. <laughs> I'm a I'm a big big fan of uh, Philip K. Dick and Philip K. Dickian sci-fi. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> just and such by, a fun by thing that to say. I mean stuff that uh, covers perception, the nature of reality, uh, what is real, what makes real real, uh, what is the difference between humans and machines, and the interesting ways that that stuff blends together. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so. So, that's... do you like exploring human nature, but with a little bit of technology? I, I'm I'm fascinated by the way the technology uh, affects our society and the way that okay. um it propels our society forward. Um, I I I love like futurism and uh just thinking about how different things are now than they were and how different they will be than they are now. Yeah. That. That's cool. <laughs> so let's put and him I... on the spot here just real quick. Oh, dear. Oh, um, no. We're going off script. I'm sorry, we're Chris. We're going off script. <laughs> oh, no. Star Trek or Star Wars? 100% Star Trek. 100% Star Trek. I, uh, I like Star Wars. But only because it's, it's like, you can't get like the expanse risk, you know, like it would be great if you could, but they don't make it. So when I go to a, you know, a thrift shop and I find Star Wars risk, even though I'm not a Star Wars, like obsessed person. I'm buying that Star Trek risk because (laughs) I like sci-fi, you know, but I, I would have to rank. Like, you know, I mean, Doctor Who above, uh, Doctor Who, Star Trek, The Expanse, Battlestar Galactica, all above Star Wars. I mean, I, okay. I kind of agree with you just because I love Star Wars. Not like these guys do. I'm like a cash Star Wars fan. Like, I like the Star War. Um, but it always felt <laughs> more to me like a fantasy than a yes. sci-fi, just a fantasy in space. But I always get nervous when Fred asks this question or anybody asks this question <laughs> because I I have a story now. When I asked, 
I we asked uh, Wes and Steven this. Uh, at a Star Trek convention, and we didn't realize Anson Mount, <laughs> who plays uh, Pike, oh, was sitting man. right behind us. And oh, so both boy. of them just went, Star Wars. And at the very end of our recording, all you hear is, Star oh, Wars, man. really? From the background, I was like, oh my God, we're going to start a fight between all these people. Like, I get very nervous when that question is asked because, like, it's such a, that's like the weirdest, it's the weirdest question to cause fights, but I am always afraid it will cause a fight. <laughs> I'm always afraid. Like, there's it there's a lot of it overlap. It's it, yeah. part of it's just tribalism that like, I just mm-hmm. identify with the star Trek thing more than the star Wars thing. I, I see I'm, all the star Wars movies in the theater. I, you know, but I don't dress up for them. You know, like I, I Fred, watched all the Mandalorian, like? but I only have like one or two star <laughs> Wars t-shirts. Yeah. I have way more star Trek. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No. I like them both. I, I like sci-fi. enjoy both. Um, <laughs> I have Star Wars costumes and I have Star Trek costumes. I have Star Wars books. I have at least one, maybe two Star Trek books sitting behind us. Uh, I've, I've seen... never read a Star Trek book and I mm-hmm. have read one Star Wars book, so I just contradict myself. Whoa. Oh, we, <laughs> we caught him. We got him. But, but did you know Daniel Jesus had written Corey. for Star Wars as well? I don't know yeah. if you yeah, knew yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. It's a good one, too. I like that one. But I also like, yeah. I typically on, only read the Han Solo ones because there's too many Star Wars books and he's a character I like. I also used to read those young adult Jedi books when I was a kid <laughs> where like oh, Obi-Wan yeah. had a crush on a girl and it was really cute. I don't remember if it was Sabine's. It was like 20,000 years ago. It might have been a different character for the books, but those young adult Jedi books were so good. Don't at me, listeners. The young adult Star Wars books that came out in the 90s and the early 2000s were incredible. That's that's the tea. I bought the six pack of the little golden Star Wars books for my son. And I've been trying to read them, but it's a little bit like, like... A little bit too much for him. He he doesn't make it through the whole book. Yeah, he's a a baby, you know. (laughs) We need a Misco and Marisco book for him. Yes! (laughs) Yes. And some some expanse children's books. You can write the Mar- Misco and Marisco theme song for him. Oh, I already did. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Don't. I'm leaving. I wrote Goodbye, the Misco and Marisco theme song, but I, I should write some, some, some rhyming verse to make a, a, a Misco and Marisco children's book. And, and maybe, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe Kim will, uh, will illustrate it. Yeah. We'll, we'll ask her very, very nicely. <laughs> so yeah. actually I, that reminds me so Kim uh, Kim Sison uh, the graphic designer from The Expanse mm-hmm. uh, who's totally awesome um, she's the best out to me she's, she's absolutely the best um, and I think one of the like biggest blow my mind things since I started this whole moldy filters thing um, was when K- Kim reached out to me and told me that in season three episode five mm-hmm. There is an Easter egg, a Moldy Filters Easter egg. So uh, when Alex does the video call with his son, uh, Milas, uh, they actually, but on, on Ty's request, uh, Kim created a, the Moldy Filter sticker, and it's actually on the helmet on the side of Alex's son, on the side of Alex's son's helmet. And unfortunately, it's not visible in the shot, but she assures me that it's there. <laughs> He's a big fan. <laughs> That's awesome. That's quite the shout out. 
that that just absolutely blew my mind. And I mean, from from that to when they put in Screaming Firehawks in the background in season four, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like all the stuff with uh, Alex and the scavenger hunts and uh, the the <laughs> him singing and stuff, like I absolutely love being a part of this fandom because uh, people are just just awesome. Like the cast, like really, really loves the fans and yeah. like brings us in, you know, they don't have to do that. You know, they don't have to reach out and say, Hey, this happened. Like I never would have known that. And like, it just made my, my year to, to, to know that. So thank you, Kim. You're awesome. You're doing great work. Everybody, the whole cast, the whole crew. We love you. They're good people. That's quite an honor. Congrats. Thank you. One day, maybe one day, Melos will come back and he'll show us the side of his helmet. I don't think he's going <laughs> to yeah. come back, but it's wishful thinking. <laughs> just turn just a little bit to the side, just a little bit to the just, side. Yeah, to, yeah, like next time he'll show up and everyone will be like, all right, just, just turn, turn around. Just, just turn. turn. Come on. Yeah, like everyone just or, gonna, or, like, like it's a sports event or something. They could, they could definitely have Naomi do some karaoke in a belter bar and then mm-hmm. sing, I don't know, instead of Shane Anderson or yeah. you pick the song. There's plenty. Yeah, just just a friendly suggestion. <laughs> that just would be it. the only <laughs> the only next level that I could think of. Is I'm if, not telling if, you what to do, but happen. just do it. <laughs> Please, <We're supportive. laughs> do it, you cowards! Just kidding, I love you. <laughs> I love. I that's one of my favorite jokes. Is do it, you cowards! I, but obviously, that doesn't that joke doesn't play well with a lot of people. I love you guys. Sorry, sorry. Um. So it, this is, you know, we obviously we're all fun loving sci-fi fans here. Oh my god, sorry, the cat just scared the crap out of me. Um, so for our our listeners and their discerning tastes, what would you recommend? Like, what are some of your favorite? Um, you, you mentioned some bands earlier, but obviously I'll repeat the question. What are some of your favorite? Bands that you recommend or typing listeners, some some books, what's your favorite movie? Just tell us Ooh. your faves, man. Let us get to know you so that we can like get inside your head by liking all the things you like. I don't know where I was going right. with that, but you know. So it, if you haven't read a Philip K. Dick book, you gotta start with Ubik. U-B-I-K. It's phenomenal. It's really, really good. It's uh it's not it's not a epic tale like the expanse, it's a quick read. You could probably, you know, kill it in a week or less. Uh, now, if you want something that is epic, like The Expanse, uh, the three-body problem series is amazing. Um, I haven't finished that. I uh, <laughs> Neither have I. It's all good. The first two were so good. And that is the only thing that I know of that is on the scale of mm-hmm. The Expanse. Um, so, so definitely, definitely check that out. Um, for, for music, I got to shout out my sister's band. Olive Tiger is phenomenal. Uh, they play folktronic rock. Yeah. What's funny. Yeah. She had Olive Tiger. I had lion's teeth. We, uh, joked about having a, a cat tour, but <laughs> never happened. <laughs> the big cat tour. But uh, you got to check out her album, Until My Body Breaks. It's got uh, strings, cello, violin, loops, and um, syncopation, and really catchy songs. And uh, it's, it's really good. So check that out. 
um, for for stuff that isn't for for artists that are not related to me personally. <laughs> uh, Tycho. <laughs> Nepotism's great. <laughs> uh, Tycho is uh, I f- figured I, I really really like Tycho, and Tycho is also a. Uh, a, a station so not Tycho station but Tycho the band is really good chill stuff <laughs> the new album simulcast is really good and uh lastly flying lotus is uh, another big fave uh their album last year Fl- uh, flamagra was was awesome and uh last uh last thing i'd you know recommend a couple shows um mr robot just finished up and i was blown away by the ending of that all four seasons are incredible uh, exploring computer hackers and mental illness and just really, really good. Uh, the other recommendation for a show is uh, Killing Eve. Haven't seen Killing Ah, uh, yes. So good. Don't uh, spoil anything, Chris. Uh, I haven't seen the new spies, season yet. Spies and serial killers and just a great time. Highly recommend it. Perfect awesome. time for recommendations given the quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> season three is airing right now. My wife and I just blew through the first two seasons and like hardly any time. Yeah, Killing Eve's great. Very Just good. don't don't spoil it. I swear to God. Oh no, no spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> this is no spoiler show. I'm, for I'm other for other fan. shows, for other spoilers. shows. <laughs> <laughs> I, speak, speaking of spoilers, I, I, I'm going to say this very carefully because. Um, oh no. So I wrote oh, a song. I wrote a song which you can find it on YouTube if you want to look, but I wouldn't recommend looking for it unless you've read book five. I'm not even going to say the name of the song. I can't say the <laughs> name without spoiling. Um, if you saw the last scene of uh, the most recent season, you might have some hints. You might have an idea what may or may not be coming. No spoilers or confirmation. I cannot confirm nor deny. Uh, but I, I have this song. I'm in this very weird predicament because I, there aren't really people. I mean, there, there are Harry Potter uh, rock People, what are they called? Uh, crap! There's Harry and the, the Potters. For... Yes, yes, but there's there's. A oh, name they have a bit. For... Oh, Wizard Rock! It's Wizard Rock. Wizard Rock! Oh, yeah, man, that was such a brain I'm surprised. Yeah, I Wizard know that. Rock, Wizard Rock is awesome. There are Doctor um, but... Who bands for a minute. It was like yes. Who Rock or something. But I'm in the unique position of being somebody who writes songs about a specific property, but also one that the books have come out and the show is catching up. So mm-hmm. uh, my songs tend to reflect the book more than the show, just because it's easier to reference, yeah. you know, the book on, on my Kindle to search for things. So, so this song, like I put it on YouTube, but I can't like really do a release until I feel like it's on TV. Cause you can't do a spoiler warning for a song. You know, I'm going to put that in the recording to say, Hey, <laughs> Don't listen to this if you haven't read book five. <laughs> but I, I'm excited. I'm excited to put that one out. It has kind of like a rap pack, like jazzy feel to it, which is different than the stuff that I've written before. Excited for everybody to hear it eventually. Eventually. One day. <laughs> because of this. Yeah, now with the quarantine... So- Album delays, maybe it'll. <laughs> I'll drop the album. Maybe right one day. So it's like, what happens first? The release of the song or the release of your album? Well, who knows? Quarantine. Yeah, yeah. But maybe, call the maybe album I'll quarantine. do like a couple songs. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of your music, 
This is you mentioned it earlier, but I'm gonna, because it was earlier, I'm going to ask you to do it again. Where can one find your music? Absolutely. Um, I'm on a lot of the sites. If you search for the Moldy Filters, I'm all over the place. But there's a SoundCloud. Um, mm-hmm. I put stuff up there, you know, demos and, you know, quick stuff. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube, um, youtube.com slash C slash the Moldy Filters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know. That that is, there are some some songs that are on YouTube that are nowhere else. Um, the Bandcamp is the spot where I put like the finished recordings, like the stuff that is almost Spotify ready. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'd still have to have my guy master and do some other things for it before it gets an official Spotify release. But uh, Bandcamp is like the finished ish songs. Um, and then uh, you can go to chriskileymusic.com for links to the other bands and projects and. Yeah. Hope you look it up. <laughs> so I have a question with with all this like quarantine thing happening and all that stuff. Have you considered doing like um Zoom like live multi filters thing for the fans? I I did one. I had there's so if you go on the YouTube, there's a one hour uh, recording um, that I, I I did a live stream. The issue is when streaming live audio, um, mm. it, it gets compressed like crazy. Um, I, I, I don't know how, so we, we may do some, some, a little music thing here. I don't know if it'll be bad because it's not like streaming out to the world. And I don't know if it's compressed the same way that like, like, Facebook Live or, or Periscope is, but I've had some some issues. So I'm thinking of maybe just doing another like half hour recording and then just like posting the whole thing rather than doing it like live live just because I haven't gotten, I right, haven't been right. happy with the audio compression. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think that if people are listening to us and they really enjoy what you do, they might just be wondering like, hey, like is he going to do something like that? Because I know that some people are doing that. There are other people that are doing it, so I have to figure out how to do without the audio sounding bad. <laughs> there has to be a way. <laughs> Demand answers. Yes, yes. Tell, get their secrets. You can make a mixtape. <laughs> Quarantine mixtape. I'll mail it out to everybody. There you go. I have a cassette player, so joke's on you. It'll work. <laughs> That's a I'm not even sure if we have one anymore. Oh, rip. Yo, they're so trustworthy. <laughs> My mom might have one downstairs. <laughs> so do you want to try playing us a little something? something? Yeah. And we, what we can do is I'll, I'll play, I'll play a song. And mm-hmm. if it's absolutely terrible, we can just <laughs> cut it out and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, your local go, recording will get it. Yeah. Well, that's that's true. Yeah. Okay. So th- th- this is gonna be good. The, the, <laughs> the audio <laughs> is not gonna be terrible. For us, we don't know but if it'll the be great for the listeners. We'll hope that's good. But the audio, we'll, we'll figure <laughs> it out. All right. So um, I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm gonna play Shang Anderson, which is a song that I wrote in Ling Belta uh, with. Um, well, the the lyrics were mostly. Uh, done by Oakland Pirate, who um, one of, one of the few people who really gets the language <laughs> between between I, I'd, I'd say there's got to be less than a dozen people on the planet who really get 
Lang Belta, and he's definitely one of them. So we went back and forth um, with like Twitter, Instant Messenger, and uh, like video recordings back and forth to um, kind of hammer out the lyrics for this. And uh, it's it's uh, it's in Lang Belta. Um, so without further ado, this is Sedishang Anderson. Imim show ha do, belta do, de way da leave it a belta. Wong dear ando do, o kenya to dis never dead, kuting me kang do. Mitawa takamang, eris dishing and the sun. Mosham no not te barat na, a silly long from song. So you in your loader till they show a dip and let's be kang to not kang go. Just Tim to Tim, Mangamosh, Libasi Fog. It's do, Delta, do. De Wade, I leave it up, Delta. One dear, Ando, do, O Kenya, to taste nearer dead. Kuting me, Kango. And the sun, noon, he you sung until it needed to find a ray. Emulota, how a lesser king go, Pashang was a tatting. Me till he dance with the tang, the kang a kang. Melota not told you in your lord, I'm Melota not and your mouth. It's do, belta do, day wait, I leave it up, belta. One dear undo, do, oh, Kenya, two days never dead. Kuting me, kang do. Belta, one day and all do walk in your two days never dead, and it's true. Belta, do they wait? I leave it up. Belta, one day and all do walk in your two days never dead. Ding me, Kango. just lit up it was so um hypnotizing which is really nice and i feel like if you close your eyes you, you can build a world around it uh, which is really nice oh that's good thank you so much that was uh that was that was a challenging song to write. I am not. I couldn't have done it without of course. Uh, without pirate. He he mm. was absolutely instrumental to that. Um, 
it, it, what's funny is it's a little bit trickier to like to make the like Lang Belta lyrics fit within the the bones of that song. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you look up the Chemical Workers song uh, by uh, Great Big C did a version, and there's an earlier version. Um, the, the the original was uh, written in the 60s or something like that about uh, workers at a chemical plant who would um, you know every day at work was one day near to death. That's that's one of mm-hmm. the lyrics and um, lines up perfectly with uh, Belter Life. That you know the the longer you're out there, uh, you are you know putting your body on the line. You're putting your body at risk. I mean, what, one of the first scenes in uh, the, the series and, you know, sometime in the first episodes when the, the, the ice miner lost an arm, like it's, it's, right. it's not easy work. And uh, you know, the belters are, are exploited for, for, for the inner planet. So uh, that song was a perfect, perfect fit uh, to be adapted for, for belter lyrics. So mm-hmm. thank you to pirate for helping me with that. And uh, anybody else who's like really, really into Ling Belta, um, and is interested in collaborating, uh, reach out. I'm on Twitter. I'm all over the place. <laughs> you can. It has almost become like the Klingon language. <laughs> it is. Like, it is. People have just gravitated to it, and now people want to learn it and be in classes to learn it, and it's just amazing. But the thing is, there's Klingon dictionaries that are like published. That like, if you really want to write a song in Klingon. Like there are resources that you can look up because you know Star Trek has been around for a while. Uh, we were working off of um, like Excel spreadsheets that were compiled from individual uh, tweets that Nick Farmer made. Um, yeah. so there there are spreadsheets that are passed around that just people just collect everything that's out there. And a lot of times you're like thinking of a line and then trying to like go into the spreadsheet to find the word to see if there even is a belter word for it. So it was right. incredibly challenging, but it was, it was awesome. I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Our transitions yeah. are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, we never say, know when it's time so we always just kind of stare at each other and just like well i just don't want to interrupt no i got gotcha. you no, you're truly talented and i really appreciated that that was, that was fantastic it, it really yeah, took thank me into you. The, the whole belter vibe like it really drew, drew me into that so thank you that was awesome thanks for listening all right so anything else you want to share with our listeners with us something that was not on script but you just want to shout it out i'm i'm sure i'll come up with something at some point but you can always interrupt i think let's let's talk about season four right yeah hell yeah people don't tune in to hear about me they want to get that sweet sweet expanse (laughs) commentary and no, no, I'm pretty sure they're only here for a moldy filter. <laughs> um, so I, I think that we can just discuss it as a whole. Looking at season one, two, three, and, and four now, what are your overall impressions of the season? How does it compare to the former um, seasons? Um, is, are, are there things that you wish would have been done different? 
So I, I guess we can start with Shannon and then we can just go Shannon, Chris, Fred, and I guess myself. Well, I liked it a lot. Um, wow. Okay, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's, o- it's overall. I mean, are we? I thought we were doing quick impressions and then kind of oh, go. No. Down. I don't know. It's my first podcast. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I, I never that, know like, when she's just, pranking like, okay. me or not. So <laughs> I'm just always like, yeah, okay. I just like to troll Shannon. It's okay. I'm tired enough to let it happen. (laughs) So, Shannon. Yes. What did you think? Well, I liked it. Um, I mean, it's no secret that I'm incredibly easy to please. Um, And so I tend not to have a ton of, like, nitpickies or things that that detract from it for me and if I do it's usually because Fred brought it up and now I'm like now I'm thinking about it and annoys me because a it didn't bother me before and now it does and like but um (laughs) for the for the most part I was really happy with it uh I was raised on westerns as I also say a lot and um so I I looked forward to this season for a while because it, it has that it's um every book slash season is usually crossed with a different genre and season four was very clearly a western frontier story and um i really love the book um and so i was really excited to see it brought to life and i really loved how they used that um uh i always say the wrong word amorphic lens whatever it is um, I always try to say anamorphs, and I know that's not what it is. So like, um, <laughs> wrong series, Janet. Exactly. <laughs> wrong sci-fi. Um, they need to do an anamorph reboot, though. I love, I love anamorphs so much. <laughs> um, but I really love those those really wide shot. Like, obviously, the film nerd in me was like, oh, that looks so cool. Um, like, I guess my biggest issue, and it wasn't really an issue, uh, was, you know, I, I knew it was going to be this way, but... Book four is really contained. Everything takes place in one location um, or on the way to that one location. Everything is confined to this one place. And I obviously I knew it was going to come that like we are going to have to leave to go to other places because you have other major characters that weren't really in play in this book. Um but are very popular and we love them. So we, we want to have them in the, in the show still. And while I do like, I mean, obviously everybody knows now I'm not a huge fan of Avasarala's storyline, but, um, while I love Bobby's storyline and I'm cool with Avasarala's storyline, it kind of took me out a little bit of that whole isolated and self-contained thing. Aside from like characters saying like, we can't get a hold of Illis. Like it's, you know, the whole idea was like, they can't get out. And so it's like, oh no, what's happening? How do we get help? And and stuff like that. And so it feels a little less self-contained. And so it loses that really isolated frontier story to me uh, every time we cut away and cut back. And sometimes I felt taken out of the action of what was happening on Ellis and then just thrown back in. Um, but... It, it, it didn't like ruin the season for me. It just took a lot of adjusting. Um, so right. I still loved it. I it looks beautiful. Uh, it well for the most part looks beautiful. Um, and I really I really I, I loved it. I you know I'm I'm sure when Fred says something negative I'll be like well I didn't like that either. But right now 
I loved it. <laughs> my, my overall impressions were really good. Like I, I, I mean, it's, it's my favorite show and I am obsessed <laughs> with the expanse that said, I'm not the only person who thinks that this is their least favorite book slash season. And, and I kind of identified why, and, and it's still better than most other things. It being the least, my least favorite season of my favorite show. <laughs> uh, so the, the issue that I have with book four slash season four is the, um, the, the little big planet thing. So uh, as you said, all the action takes place in one like small area. Um, the, the area between first landing and the ruins is a couple hundred kilometers max. Like it's, it's not that big of an area. And the idea that the, the settlers, uh, you know, the Belcher settlers and the RCE, uh, people are arguing over this small area when you have a planet, like it's, it's a, it's a whole planet and planets are big. <laughs> like if, if, if the Belcher settlement was, say Boston and RCE shows up and says, ah, you know what? We don't want to deal with them. Like if they went to like the illus equivalent of San Francisco, I, I don't think that they would have had an issue. Now the counter argument to that is that there is a giant lithium uh, deposit right on the spot that the camp is. And that is the main reason right. that they're both fighting over is like, that is the main spot. I don't feel that that information was conveyed to a point that like the average person who wasn't like digging through the details would have gotten that. And it, like, I just would have, it's, it's like a tiny thing, but like, I mean, Star Trek does this all the time. It's like, we show up on a planet and like everybody's wearing the same thing. And like, this is the something planet, you know? And usually the expanse is so giant and epic and is over and 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 the writing and the show really uh conveys the scale that they're working with and um this season and book um i mean e even even uh book 3 that was claustrophobic and all happened within the uh ring space mm. felt bigger than this you know and this is supposed to be a, a whole a whole planet so um that that's that's my only beef uh, other than that, it was beautifully shot. The, the acting was amazing. Like, if you just take that and say, uh, I'm going to hand wave that away and invent in my head that, oh, that, that, is, that is the reason whether or not they were very clear about it being a giant lithium deposit. Um, you know, that's, that's the, the reason that all that happened. Mm -hmm. But um, with, other than that, I mean, the, the acting was incredible. Um, everything was beautifully shot. Uh, I think that the translation uh, from the book to the uh, show was really, really well done. I personally did not have a problem with the Gods of Risk uh, plotline being uh, smushed in there. Um, I'm, I'm glad that they were able to keep Bobby um, involved. Um, the Avasarala storyline was a little bit um, more... No, actually, I mean, with, 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 with all of the discussion between her and Nancy Gao, that, that kind of tied in. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I loved it. Um, I <laughs> binged it, but you know, that, that's my only beef with it is the little, the little big planet rope. Mm. And, and I do agree that if they would have explained it a little bit more as to like why they're being bullied out and stuff like that, 
it would have made a little bit more sense. It's like, you go to your corner, I'll go to mine. But it was more about the bullying, that just get out of this planet. You don't belong here. Mm-hmm. The way that I always took that was there is an equal distribution of ore throughout the entire planet because it has been terraformed. Um, my understanding was that the RCE people didn't care. They really didn't care that there was an equal distribution. They just didn't want the Belters to have any of it. It was all ours, and that's just our way, and that's the way it's going to be. But, but imagine a company claiming all of the oil rights to the entire planet of Earth. Like, it, it seems like crazy, right? <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Absolutely. There's no way that... It's like a, a planet. <laughs> it's big. Just because you set foot on a planet doesn't mean you should have universal 100% ownership Dibs. of it. Like, they should just invent two countries. They have the RCE country, they have the Belter country. And maybe they go to war, but, like, you could be... It's a but humans aren't planet. like that. We're, <laughs> we're greedy animals. We're greedy, yeah. we're slimy, we're slippery, and we make backdoor deals, and yeah. It's like RCE was acting like... So if, if say, the U.S. government gave, um, I don't know, like... Uh, I'm trying to pick like a random Barnes and Noble, the right to go <laughs> and buy every single bookstore in England. Like I'm, I'm, and I'm using this as an example because Barnes and Noble is only in the U S so this is, this is why this example works. So the U S government gives Barnes and Noble the exclusive permission to go and buy all the bookstores in the UK. And it's like, okay, okay well, Technically, the U.S. doesn't have the authority to tell a company <laughs> yeah. that they can buy all the bookstores in the U.K. Like, it, they just, it doesn't make sense that they have the authority to go and buy. All, so just like the U.S. or the, the U.N. government gives this one company the right to go take over this entire planet. It just doesn't make sense. I think that that is the theme of the entire season is authority that mm. who gets it, who deserves it and who decides who, whose laws are going to be followed. And there's, there's a lot, a lot of um, times that that comes up. Uh, so the very first shot, I mean, the very first line of dialogue in the entire season uh, is unidentified belter ships. You are now entering restricted space. Veer off now, or we will fire. So the, Barba, the Barba Piccola <laughs> broke the rules and they survived. The Sojourner was, they, they tried to follow the rules and they were not as lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, they, yeah. there's, there's, there's uh, uh, Avasarala and Nancy Gao of who decides who is allowed to colonize all that stuff. Um, the, 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 the last one that I was thinking of is Proto Miller versus the investigator. Like who is in charge inside there and like the 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 battle for authority uh with within that which really comes uh to play in the end um Mm -hmm. when when miller is able to kind of overpower the investigator uh to to you know do the eye of sauron thing at the end Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 I, i think i think authority and authority is the theme of the season mm-hmm. and, and in a western that that make, makes sense that you know a western is mm-hmm. who who gets authority in a, a town that they don't have institutions yet right you know 
No, I think you absolutely nailed it. Uh, that's a really, really fair point, and I think that really built the, the struggle between the different factions and really drove a lot of the, the plot points. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Mm. Um, some of my favorite arcs um, were obviously on um, LS New Terror, whatever way you want to call that. Um, I really liked um, the the scenes that also took in space, um, just above New Terra. Um, it's no secret that I did not like the Avicerella and Bobby storylines, but I'm really curious how they're going to take that to the next season. Mm-hmm. Um, because they've really changed it quite a bit. There's a lot of potential for um, some new direction in season five. So I'm really curious how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I was going to say something I totally blanking out he pulled a shannon <laughs> i pulled a shannon <laughs> while you think That's about what I do. it um what i want to say is that if i were to compare this season to other seasons mm-hmm. i feel like i can pinpoint specific scenes or specific moments in seasons that are like wow this took my breath away whereas in this one I can't really find a moment that took my breath away, mm. such as, for example, like the deconstruction like that. That's just yes. vivid. Like it's yeah. beautiful. Um, <laughs> it, um, arrows crashing. It, it's just there are specific moments like when Miller meets Julie as the proto molecule, like those specific moments. There was nothing like that in season four, but that does not mean that there weren't really good scenes. I think that. My favorite episode, or one of my favorite episodes, was the second to last episode, that whole interaction with Wei and Amos. Um, I thought that was the climax of their relationship when he shoots her, when he gets shot. Mm-hmm. Like Those are particular moments that are very exciting, memorable, but not as much as other ones that we've gotten in different seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only one shot, I think, made me go like... Oh. And it was like that very slow zoom out of Holden on top of the tower. And that was just because it was like very high up and the world had changed. So like at the same time, I was like, oh, whoa. like <laughs> at the same time, like a, a progression of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Now, top three we- shots. All right. The, Ooh, the yeah. Western shot when uh, right before. um <laughs> right before Holden walks across like the whole thing, it just punches Murchie right in the face. Yeah. That shot oh, was just yeah. just waiting for um, a, a tumbleweed <laughs> to blow across. Exactly. Uh, the shot of the tidal wave coming over mm-hmm. that last thing right before uh, Holden jumps down the little hidey hole um, was an incredible shot. Um, and then my last, my number one favorite scene uh, is... Ashford singing an Irish song, which Mm -hmm. was the belter version of that Irish song Mm -hmm. to his looking to be about six months old, the same age as my son is right now. And uh, like, I tear up every time I see that scene. Like I I showed my wife today and she teared up too. It's just like, (laughs) I I play that song. I play Captain Kid, like Mm. the the Irish version. I got to learn the belter lyrics to it but (laughs) like i love that song and just that because i I sing to my son all the time and just the the tenderness of that moment and the fact that he's looking back at it Mm -hmm. just makes me just tear up because i'm looking at my tiny son now and i'm like i'm making those videos now 
you know, mm. and I will look back okay. at the videos I'm making now. I, I'm here I'm, now. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. I don't know if any of you have kids, but it changes your world. It really does. I have a puppy. You have a puppy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. One of my other favorite scenes um, was in the last episode, and it was the um, Amos Murtry scene uh, on the Rosie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I figured. Like, I, that like, sounds stood about up right. And I cheered. <laughs> I just don't want to beat up a gimpy or something like that. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> now I want to do like a light, like quick lightning round on the the following. Yeah. So just really quickly, no explanation. Favorite arc, Shannon. Holden. Okay, Fred. <laughs> oh, favorite arc. Um, I I, I like the Amos Way arc. Okay, Chris. Um, I love the uh, Lucia and um, Jacob Mazur. Uh, Maz- okay. Um their, their, their arc was awesome. Andrea. I have to say, <laughs> Ashford. Awesome. Camp yeah, down. Like, I just, it was a gut punch to lose him. I, I just, I thought I was going to hate him this season, mm. and he just got into my heart, and I just hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, um, favorite character of the season? Shannon, I'm not even going to ask you. You didn't even <laughs> give me a chance. You don't know. What if I wasn't going to say Holden? <laughs> Naomi. <laughs> Naomi, <laughs> take that. No, it's Naomi. Take that. Fire Holden. No, Naomi, <laughs> take <laughs> that. <laughs> Naomi okay, was amazing. I, I love, I love Elvie's, like, Fire that she kept on dropping. They're like, oh, uh, you're assuming yeah. it's a carbon-based life form. <laughs> <laughs> you're all dumber like than her, me. <laughs> her little, yeah, her like science, like science bombs were were great. I love, I love her. Okay, because you took LV, um, I'm gonna go Marco. <laughs> oh. I, I like the introduction of Marco. Boo. He's the next um, person to be feared. I, I think he's going to have some really interesting things to. To do in the coming seasons. But do you admit he's the literal worst? He's which? He's the literal worst. The literal worst. Yes. Okay, thank you. I think Marco. <laughs> Andrea. I'm gonna say Elby. Um, so I'm gonna steal Chris's because I can relate to just the way she thinks and the way she admires the world. Um, and I think that this is a character worth exploring a lot more. Mm-hmm. I think she, she, she she had her eyes have been open to more similar to Holden, so I'm excited to see what happens with her. All right. Um, oh, this one is a hard one, but I'll throw it out. Amos and uh, sorry, favorite lines or favorite Amos and Avasarala moments, favorite moments in general. This is a minor one, but I I just love it. It's like a, like a detail. So when uh, when uh, they're when when they're on Mars and they're um, all around the table talking about like their plan, and uh, the the new guy shows up, and Bobby's like, "Hi, I'm Bobby Draper." <laughs> like, I don't yeah. fucking care. <laughs> like I like I just love it's it's just such a indicative thing of Bobby's personality that like, she's like breaking Bobby, you know, she's going to the dark side and she's like, they're like plotting a crime, but she's still like, hi, I'm Bobby. Nice to meet you. 
<laughs> and then later when he mentions something, she's like, oh, you served? And he just like gives her this like dead look, <laughs> this, this like just <laughs> stare, which is just hilarious because they're all they're all like focusing on the job and she's still like, hey, let's be friends. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I just love Bobby. I'm going to say the um, the Amos Murtry interactions. Oh, yeah. Like just how that built up the entire season. Uh, one of my favorites. How about now might be the line of the, the season. How about now? <laughs> For you right now. What about you, Shannon? I'm torn. Um, I have two that I'm like really stuck between. Um, the first one is Naomi's. Um, Naomi telling uh, Lucia her story. Um because like it was kind of um you know it was always a shock that the show gave us so much more information than the books did at the same point in time and, mm-hmm. and Holden let alone us cuz we knew more than you know um but i really and i noted in the episodes that i appreciate that she always gives more information to people who don't know who she is than she does her own little right. family but that scene where she tells us just how bad it really is or really was and what these these group of dummies have done for her and what she hopes she does for them. Like, it's so good. Um, and it, it shows us so much more of Naomi than we knew we needed or or that we even knew we wanted. And it was just it's just so good. And then the other one, and it's just because I'm apparently known for saying this, but the scene with um Holden Amos, because I think it's really important that we show male friendships that are soft and vulnerable and um, tender and things like that, because we don't get a lot of that in television, especially sci-fi. Um, and, you know, it's about time that we drop the toxic masculinity. And I what's what does everyone say? I say Cause they, they were teasing me about the other day when we were watching The Last Kingdom. Oh, I stan um, uh, male. Oh, f- Sorry, I cursed. Uh, I forget. <laughs> I forget what it is. But like the other night, someone parroted it back to me because I thought it would be funny. And I was like, oh, that's true. I do say that. Um, but yeah, I really appreciated getting some of that, especially with their arc over the like going from I would literally kick you into space and find it funny uh, to that. Um, I thought that was really, really important, not only for them, but for like media in general to have that. It was just really, really nice. And I really appreciated it without it being faves or anything it was just good to see on a show at all yeah yeah no i i do agree with that and i think that one of the characters that kind of faded into the background this season a little bit was drummer and i think that a lot of her lines about colonizing and about not putting her people the belters at the front lines for everybody's dreams and lives that should never happen and i think that drummer's character is perfect for kara because of who she is as uh an indigenous woman um she does struggle with a lot of the things that her people go through and i think that she can relate to drummer in those ways um and i i really do appreciate those moments because it does show human nature it shows how vile we can be it shows how tribal we can be um and i think that she put heart into the statements that she was making as drummer because she is very proud of who she mm-hmm. is and she's fighting for her people 
Yeah, that was that scene still like that's like a yeah. gut punch that yeah. that line, yeah. especially since it was delivered by car or Kara Kara. Mm-hmm. I have a coworker Cara. named Kara, so I keep doing I that. Know. But yeah. <laughs> um, the when, every time she says that, knowing Kara, knowing what she what she is uh, holds dear and what's important to her and what's, you know, and her background, it's just it makes it so much more meaningful and heavy to watch mm-hmm. and important um so two more things before we wrap it up um i think that discussing show versus books i think we should do another one maybe chris if you're you're into it you can come and discuss books versus shows with us um but i wanted to talk about just the transition into amazon and look at the censorship and how that was lifted, the F-bombs and how much they have grown. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, what do you guys think about that? Do you think it was okay? Not even thinking about it too much? Meh. So I definitely I pers- noticed. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> I personally think that um, Avasarala, uh, I like the as <laughs> sorry i like how much she swears i think it's funny um i think it fits in her character but i understand that if you didn't know that was like her shtick it would seem just excessive like over the top um yeah i think it can be at times but i just think it's funny um i just see her as like a a grouchy boss boss in charge who just like gets so mad at everybody she's she's phenomenal I love her. I, I also really appreciate her character. Um, I really like how much she uses it and how much of a joke it can be throughout the entire series of books. Um, I just found that in the TV show, because it was so limited in seasons one, two, and three, having a drastic change in season four just felt out of place. Um, I'm not against cursing. I think it has its time and place. It just felt different, and you could tell. That season four is very different from the first three. No, and I do agree with that. I, I'm not a person that, I don't want to say, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say I'm not too accepting of how crude things can be. Um, and I feel like whenever Sorella throws her F-bombs, and I mean, she says some crude things in the books, <laughs> sometimes they take me... A, a back because I'm not like that. And I feel like I can't picture her being so crude. Um, so I think that the Avasarala that we got in the TV show in the first couple of seasons was kind of like what I expected. And then they just like turned up the volume <laughs> on the cursing in the last one. And I was like, Oh no, she's back. The crude lady. <laughs> and I just don't stick your D where you don't need to. I mean, like, that's not the way that I talk. So sometimes it just takes me aback. But it doesn't mean I hate it. It's just so different from who I am. Um, I- Here's my only concern with it. Sorry to cut you off. The, the, I, I, I don't have a problem with, like, vulgarity. But some of it kind of was a little bit borderline sexist. Like... The, the idea to not stick your D in it because it's effed enough already is almost slut shaming, but maybe I'm being too, 
<laughs> I mean, to be fair, Holden's only been sleeping with one woman this entire time. So to, it's like, who are you slut shaming in this situation, ma'am? Planet. <laughs> like, who do you think you're sticking his dick into, ma'am? He has one girlfriend. Well, unless she thinks he's sleeping with the whole crew, then I don't know. I think it was more figurative. That's true. Let us have fun, no, but Fred. I do agree that sometimes you have to be careful with the way that you say things because you don't want to come off as something that you're not. Yeah. I, I have a very different perspective because I'm from uh, Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> and we're known for our vulgarity. Um, but... It's also like because I came from a the book background where they do curse a lot more than they did in seasons one through three. Um, it basically was just I was like, it's just a regular day. Um, there was like someone once referenced me. There's a line in book two where Holden says the F word like three times in in one paragraph um, as he's <laughs> running from something. So. Like for me, I do that though. Yeah, I I do that as well. <laughs> I like. I do just, that when I step on a Lego. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the worst. So like for me, it wasn't. I think what what took me more back was kind of like what Fred was saying was like because I was I got so used to the way the show didn't use curse words where the books didn't. I kind of accepted it, like forget youing it and all that. Like forget I accepted. You. <laughs> I, I accept. Who did it better, Julie or Holden? Um. I like I kind of accepted it at that point. And so when everyone started going like, oh, yes, we'll get the curses. And I was like. Oh, yeah, like that kind of was like I got so used to that, that it kind of took some mental adjusting to remember that this is a the same show, but a new show in a different place. And because right. I'd separated the books from the show for so long in that aspect. But now I'm like, oh, they are t they are now more alike in this sense. But that leads me to a follow up question to you guys. What is your favorite obscenity from season four? And yes, you do have to censor it because I will get in trouble with Eric. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know that's a tougher question than anything else we've asked so far. I think that Avasarala's don't put your D in it. It's already effed up, effed up as whatever she says. I, I like that one. Mm. I think that it's something I would say. Mm. I can't put my finger on any particular one. I probably been a while since I've seen the season. Yeah. But yeah, anything Abersorella says is usually gold. I, yeah, I, I, I can't think of one for this. I know yeah. that I know Way that there go. are them. You broke us. Haha. <laughs> I mean, I have like I don't remember exact quotes though. I'm sure if I went through my notebook I could find them. I will say um if I had to pick, I know there's there's one that um Holden ha I just I the way that Steven emotes in his voice sometimes is very funny. And there was just one delivery that I think had me like cackling just the way I was probably in a Miller, but the way he said it like made me howl. But also the um, everybody gets a pony and a blank yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. That a, that a was a job at a bank. A, a job, job at a bank. <laughs> yes. Everybody gets a job at a bank. You get vacation time. Um, but yeah, those like I. I'm sure if I went through my notes, I could find it. There was just one particular delivery of it where it was like, 
very silly. It just made me laugh. But it was probably with Miller because Miller brings out the best deliveries um, oh, yeah. in that man. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, if I did like Avasarel is that everybody gets a pony and a bank job. That made me laugh a lot. Yeah, I like that one. It's a good one. I it's really a fun one, right? I, I completely forgot about it. <laughs> It's like again, tucked in the, there. The, the vulgar crudes that I'm like, oh. It's like <laughs> tucked in there for you to find. Like oh, a yeah. gem to find upon rewatch. Like, oh, she did say that. Oh, funny. Yeah. yeah. So anything else of just this season before we wrap it up? I know that there's so much that I want to talk about and, and we will. And I hopefully we're able to invite Chris back and invite other people so that we can discuss books, show, anything and everything expands. But is there anything more from season four that you guys want to say, throw out there? I, I got a little funny thing. So um, I, I was reading the IMDb page before it started, and um, I saw that Philip was cast. So obviously, you know, reading the books, I'm like, oh my God, I got to see who's was playing Philip and um the person who plays Philip uh Josiah Chase Owens he doesn't show up until the last episode of the season but I didn't know that so when I'm <laughs> watching the show um now in the show Josiah Chase Owens looks like a Philip all right but as I'm watching it um Thomas who is Bobby's boy toy he looks a lot like Josiah Chase Owens's <laughs> IMDb photo. And <laughs> so I thought that Bobby was hooking up oh, no. <laughs> with Naomi's son. And I'm cover. like, Bobby. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's Bobby, your friend's girl. son. F- Philip is deep undercover on Mars, guys. Deep undercover. <laughs> deep undercover. <laughs> I, I have. Whoa, how deep. If you, if you look at Josiah Chase Owens's IMDb photo next to. Like the the X ray from Thomas, um, <laughs> they 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 look a lot. That is so funny. Crazy. I have just one fun story, and, and Andrew will remember this. Um, when we went to a, it's it's a similar like what? reaction when we went to set. Um, there was a room, uh, like the hang the conference room where they had a picture of everyone who was in season four, right? Mm-hmm. And we had seen our friends brought in, and we we were hanging behind, and and we were encouraged to go in. I said, no, it I don't. Was in the dress room. It was the what? Oh no, not yet. We'll we'll get to, that's the next room. So like oh, okay. I told them, I don't really want to go in there. I don't want to spoil who's in it. I don't want to ruin it for myself, whatever. So we went to costumes and obviously I didn't expect I forgot that they probably had multiple pictures of the cast <laughs> around the office because that's just how things work, right? So I, I we walk into costumes and there's a whole wall of them and i'm just like this is nice this is cool obviously not realizing what i'm looking at and then i my eyes stop and i just go oh my god it's burn gorman and i literally went like this to andrea to get her attention because we had to be quiet so i was like andrea andrea it's burn gorman like what are you torchwood fan I'm a huge Torchwood fan. Yeah. I, I knew him originally from Torchwood, obviously, and I love Pacific Rim. 
It's probably one of my favorite um, sci-fi movies of the last, like, 10, 15 years. The original Pacific Rim, not the sequel, I haven't seen it yet, um, is so good because it's just so original and inventive. Or it's it's a very inventive um, version of an old, like, genre from Japan because Guillermo del Toro is a huge Gundam fan. Um, But it's really fun and really good, and he's in that as well. And so I just got so excited because, like, I, I... you have no idea who you want to play these people. I, I'm I'm really bad at casting in my head. Like I'm so bad at a it. Really good job. I yeah. yeah. He's he's so you good. Want- and I. Re- Excuse me. I'm recording. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> That's my dad. Welcome to the tight beat. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. So that was like a fun like a sit not. As um inappropriate a freak out, <laughs> but a freak out nonetheless. It was very funny, and it's still probably my favorite thing to think of. This, you, you know, I, I could have so many things that I hold dear, and it's me yelling at Andrea in costumes. <laughs> so funny because I told her I didn't want to spoil myself, and then I went and was just like. Now I'm going to spoil myself. And then we go to so, our room where it has like... Oh, wow, Fred's in New York now, theme. which means, you know, Fred, now it's your turn. <laughs> Tell right, us your final do? thoughts about season four or a fun story. Um, or some both. of the things that we didn't really touch on was I really liked um, the scenes with the Rosie. I'm getting a lot more of the inside, getting a lot more of the outside, doing mm. the, the... That paint job was sick. Shots. That paint, um, the job. paint job did look sick. Mwah. It did look a little too fake. I wanted to see a little bit more dirt and scuff marks and stuff, but it was a fresh paint job, Fred. It was new. Now it's now it's messed up. Now it's really yeah, messed it up. Is. <laughs> well, anytime Alex takes it out, it gets a little dinged up. It gets like holes in it and all kinds of nonsense. <laughs> Sorry to have interrupted. Keep going. No, yeah, so we got to see a lot more of the Rosie, which I really appreciate. I, I really like the spaceships in the Expanse. I think they're the most realistic. Um, if we were going to be in space today, that's what it would be like. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Andrea. I have nothing more to say. Well, that's a first. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was trying not to say it because I'm always worried my jokes will be taken wrong. But obviously, Fred has to fill that void somehow. Fred has the B A L L S to do it. And he's a brave boy because he's right next to me. Uh, yeah, I was going to be like, really? The thoughts, the stories, the things. I would note you didn't. <laughs> What about you? Do you have anything else? I have, yeah, I have one more little like uh, show book trivia thing. Um, not a spoiler if you haven't read the books. Um, so uh, Lucia and Jacob Mazur, um, hmm. who in the show, uh, their child is uh, Felsia. Uh, in the books, uh, it's Lucia and Asia Merton, and mm-hmm. their children are Felsia, Jessic, and Katoa. Katoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so in uh, the book, they uh, are like friends with Prax. And mm-hmm. um, it's just that extra element that, you know, they lost their son before coming into all of this. So mm-hmm. um, right. they changed it. You know, I love all the remixes, but I like that little connection that 
um, when reading book four, they were like supporting characters in the previous book. And now they're kind of like in the center of things. And you know, mm, I like that a lot. Right. Awesome. Yeah, no, I really, I really like that. And I hadn't thought about it that far. So I'm glad that you brought it up. Yeah. It's been a while since I've read the book. So. All right. Well, if we're done here, I shall wrap this type B message up. Um, so as always, this is the Type Beam, and you can always find us online. First and foremost, we would like to thank Chris for coming, singing for us. Thanks for and having me. And talking about everything. And you did a great job. Fan. It was yes, a lot of fun. You can come back I was a little anytime. nervous. This is my first I will podcast. say this. So we were told one of the first bits of advice that Eric, our network director, gave us when we were recording is anytime two people talk at the same time, try not to say, so I was going, what I was going to say or something like that, so that it can be cleanly uh-huh. edited. When you and Fred did that earlier, you just went right into what you were going to say. And that is professionalism. You did it better <laughs> than we do because we still do that. We don't even follow that rule. That's just, just as awkward. I just want to say, well, this biatch just interrupted me. <laughs> I was going to say what I but was you saying. <laughs> no, so you can, yeah. You can come anytime. We'll adopt you into our little family. I'd I'd love to come back. So, Chris, you need to tell us your social media, your music platform, so people can find you and enjoy your music and all you have to say. One nice thing about picking a weird band name like The Moldy Filters is I'm (laughs) very, very Googleable. So if you just search for The Moldy Filters, there's there's SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Bandcamp, other things. So... Come, come find me. I'm all over the internet. I'm easy to find. Mm-hmm. And we'll Drop probably line, have hi. everything posted in the show um, notes when the show drops so that people can easily find you. Um, you can also email us at the type beam at randomchatter.com um, and tell us, do you like this episode? Do you like season four? What were your favorite episodes, your favorite arcs, favorite characters, favorite lines? Um, we want to hear from you, and we want you to engage with us about what you love about The Expanse. We don't know when we're going to get the next season, so the more fuel to the fire we add, the more passion you will have um, until the show returns. You can also find us on Twitter, at the Tight Beam, um, also at Random Chatter. You can find me on Twitter at Cats Bears, that's K-A-T-Z-B-E-A-R-Z. Chris, where can they find you? The Moldy Filters. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I couldn't guess. <laughs> wow, what a shock. <laughs> wow. What about you, Shannon? You can find me pretty much anywhere at ShankBeezy. And Fred? You can find me on Twitter at FreddyWanKenobi. That's F-R-E-D-D-Y-W-O-N Kenobi. You can also find us on Instagram at Random Chatter and also randomchatter.com where we have different shows. It's not just about the expanse, although we love it very much. We also have Star Wars, superheroes, DC, Marvel, anything that will tickle your fancy in terms of entertainment. And a new sports show just launched. Yeah. I forget what it's called because I'm tired as heck. I've yawned four times in the last like three minutes. So like, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
Oh shoot! So I forgot. You want to spread? <laughs> you guys want to spread the word and yeah. leave reviews? I know you yeah. guys want to go and leave reviews. Five star ratings. You got to give those five star ratings on iTunes are the ones that really go far. So do that. But everywhere on Pocket Cast, do it on Stitcher. They need those ratings. All right. You got to share it on social media on the social meds, as Shannon <laughs> has said. I've heard her say that. Twitter. Instagram, Vine, MySpace, LiveJournal, <laughs> Rip Vine, GeoCities, <laughs> all of the social meds. And then, of course, the most importantly, most importantly, word of mouth. You got to tell your friends. You got to tell your family. Tell everybody you're quarantined with. Yell at your neighbors from your deck mm-hmm. and say, hey, watch The Expanse. And then watch, um, and then listen to the typing. That's what you got to do. See, or the awesome. moldy filters. I helped. Yeah. See, the them. guests should do that because <laughs> I feel like they can pitch our show better than the person making the show at the end of recording that show. I just stole Shannon's show. lines. I stole it's okay. Shannon's I forgot that we split <laughs> this up. <laughs> In the we forgot. I'll I'll either do a different part or I'll just I'll just let the end of the show go by without another word from me. That, I'm just kidding because obviously this is still going to be in the recording. So if you love to hear us banter back and forth on this podcast and you want to get involved a little bit more, you can always join us on our Discord server. That's at randomchatter.com/discord where we have. Not just the main lobby, but we have um, show channels for all the different uh, shows on the network open to everyone for free right now. Um, if you do want to help support the network and become a member, you can go to randomchatter.com slash Patreon. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can open up the rest of the network. There's tons of different um, channels in the Discord server. Uh, lots of good conversations going on. We just posted some pictures uh, of some home improvements that we've been doing in our backyard. Um, some of our hiking photos. Um Shannon's posted in the show channel the uh, the Zoom backgrounds for The Expanse. Fantastic content there and lots of good conversation. Um, another way that you can support the network is to go to randomchatter.com slash store. That'll take you to our Tee Public store and you could buy some fantastic merch. Lots of different options to choose from there. Uh, last but not least, the music that you hear at the end of this podcast is Ursa Minor by Cell Dweller. And as silly as a sentence sounds, all trademarks are owned by respective owners. Get a face mask on T Public. Just kidding. An expanse one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Take That's care, not going to stay in. This is the Type Beam signing out. <laughs>